Feliz Navidad, everybody. Welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Spain, the show of serving, the show of doing a retail at Twin Liquors in Texas. Today's guest is Jessica Tantalo Barnard. I got to tell you, I completely mispronounced that name when I first read it. Tantillo, you know, I wanted to, to shine it up, fancy it up, but it's Tantalo, a classic Italian name, Jessica tells me. We talk about a lot of a lot of great stuff, and obviously Jessica is a huge music fan, so we get to nerd out about The Cure, we get to talk about Weezer, we get to talk about lots of different things, but she has a very amazing journey in this marketplace, if you will. Drinking spirits, selling spirits, cooking, doing line work, all of that stuff, and she's been a lot of different places. I think you guys will find it pretty intriguing, and without further ado, why don't we give a listen to my interview with Jessica Tantalo Barnard. like the creative realm but um i mean other than like garage bands and in high school um or like boyfriends you know telling me to play keyboards with them (laughs) or like you know yeah it's like hey you'd be a good keyboardist exactly exactly and like can you sing no not really yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sing. Keep, you can sing background. Yeah, yeah. you know, back. Vocal. We'll just turn the mic. Low yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, so that's. I mean, most of my my closest my closest friends in my life are probably you know based on music. Yeah, it seems that. like that's a, a common theme, and mm-hmm. I also feel like music. A lot of the people that I talk to, and a lot of people in the industry, music is essentially composition and mm-hmm. so composition is this culmination of notes it's a combination of low medium high right. which is no different than making a cocktail right. or making a spirit so there, it's really no surprise that you would say well i played i was a producer or i played in a band for 20 years right. and so now i'm going to come into the spirit side of it because it's really just transferring that knowledge of melody for to, sure to a different thing for sure i mean i think that um you know, before I was into this industry, yeah. I mean, I the my the only outlet really was that. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was like to see. I always had. Um, I mean, I think I always look up to people. I mean, even now in this industry, but like then it was, it was people in in bands and music and yeah, and, and you know that that realm. So um, that's kind of where you know you've got your your vibes from like where yeah, you wanted to sure. go and so i knew that i always wanted to kind of go in that direction I always kind of lean sort of towards this sort of dark brooding um <laughs> atmosphere would you, would you say goth I, yeah, yeah yeah you know i mean i wasn't like this was that how you were dressing in high school um stuff? i wasn't this crazy you know um 
complete goth girl. I mean, yeah. I definitely had my moments listening to The Cure sure. you know, all night. In, yeah, in I went my on record as saying like, Disintegration put me to sleep <laughs> yeah. every time I tried to listen to it. But. Exactly. I definitely had those moments. Yeah. But I mean, I think that I I just, I mean, that was the thing about music and, and just bringing it to what we're doing now. Like, I just, I went to any genre of music that I was feeling at that time. So. Yeah. You know, and so it kind of reminds me of like booze or, you know. It makes you feel a certain way yeah. too. Mm -hmm. It's strange because like the cure isn't necessarily, and I like the cure a lot, but yeah. it's not necessarily the best solution for an upbeat spring album. No. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like you don't listen to Elliot Smith in the summer typically. No. Like at least for me, I don't, you know. Right. And it's the same thing with spirits. Although I try to be an equal opportunity drinker, but some things are just, Rum, for example, or at least light rum. Mm -hmm. It's a playful thing in the spring and the summer. You know, a lot of sure. people tell me, too, with gin that they really appreciate it in the lighter months. Mm -hmm. And it's just this mentality we have. And we kind of couple art with that. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so strange how it works like that. Though, it right? is weird. We just get a fix to it. Like, oh, yeah. I only drink bourbon in the, the cold months. It's like, right. Well, not, not only are you just like selling yourself short, right. but I get it. I totally exactly. get it. The deep kind of baking spices and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Well, so you, kind of an interesting tangent, but you posted about, I love the Beatles and I love talking about which <laughs> records people are really, really, th yes. th they're attached to. And so help is high up there for you, but you were seemingly apologetic about help well, being up there. I, because, and I, I think that probably mainly because one of my friends posted that we him and I are and we're we have a lot of the same musical taste yeah and so I think that I have told him that Revolver is my favorite album so no many would, times no one would question that because Revolver <laughs> that, is a, a he was like what you know so I was like <laughs> okay I was a little impaired I think that was after the uh, USBG party yes that I was listening to Be Beatles albums and so um but help yeah is there not something about help that it's Paul's record. It's Paul's record. And it I'm, totally is. I'm a, I'm a Paul. Paul I'm, fan. I'm the Paul. Yeah, like the, my hair that. is just because of Paul. Which is good because Ladia likes Paul a lot. And yeah. that just happens to work out for me. Because nice. if I was a John, uh, who you knows what would know. happen. We'd probably be arguing <laughs> be all the time. Totally different. <laughs> but there is something about help that is, yeah, it's the soundtrack to the movie. Mm -hmm. But there's still just these gl glimpses of really like pop genius oh, uh, well yeah. i guess that goes without saying with any beatles record but a little bit more no more different than hard day's night and yep. meet the beatles it, it and started stuff. getting um it, it the everything kind of just started coming together i yeah. think and like and like the melodies and then you were hearing some of this more just kind of this genius yeah come from them and so i think that and also them taking influences from other people, For obviously sure. Dylan and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So it just it's hide your love away on help. Yes, it is right. Yeah. And it's one that's of my a favorite heartbreaking song. Ever. song yeah, uh, what's the the dun, 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 uh, about last night? There's yes, a, is that what what's that it's song called? Not the called song? that, but um, uh, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Great, fucking yeah. Song. Yesterday is on oh, there. Oh jeez. Um, do you do you, you know? So interestingly enough, one of the great reasons to go to London is that the BBC will always play documentaries about the Beatles. When you, That's when why you, I need to go to London. That's the. I've main never reason. been. Just I've, watch BBC. Yes, I'm crazy. Like into, I mean, British Invasion. It, absolutely, music is, Kinks, the Buzzcocks, New Order, yes. like whatever, right? Yep. But 
we were we were there recently, Lydia and I, and we're in between the sightseeing of the day, which right. I think we caught an Egyptian exhibit at the British Museum or something, mm-hmm. and then we got a couple like an hour where we're like get ready and we're watching BBC for a little bit. And so apparently, and I thought this so so intriguing. Paul wrote yesterday. Mm-hmm. However, he wrote it because he dreamt it, and he thought he dreamt it because it was another song that he knew. And so he plays this song for, I can't remember his family or girlfriend or something. And he's playing yesterday. I mean, fucking yesterday. Right. And he's like, oh yeah, this is that other song. And like, no, we never heard that song, Paul. (laughs) And he dreamt it. It was truly unique and like just spontaneous. And he wrote one of the greatest songs ever because he thought it was another song. Wow. What a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I hear stories, like, so Dave Grohl's got a story on Mark Maron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Woody Harrelson's got a story on Howard Stern about fucking hanging out with Paul McCartney. Like, all this stuff drives me nuts. Because Woody Harrelson's like, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with Paul McCartney and he just started playing Sun King on the acoustic guitar. Like, what I would not give. Did you see him live? No, I can't because he auto-tunes live now. Yeah. How was was it, though? I didn't see it either. Tober talked about it. He was, like, totally into it. I should have went. I mean, it's just sometimes we only have a couple other chances and I don't know how long, much longer Paul will be around. I hope for a decade, decade and a half, but uh, it's one of those things like, that's it, man. He he and Ringo, I'd party with Ringo, but talk to Paul. Sweet. It's totally different. (laughs) It would be totally different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the the Beatles stuff out of the way, but so you're still comfortable with help being up there. I'm still comfortable with it. Definitely being a close second behind Revolver. Something about Revolver is just too perfect. It's, to me, I think it's the, I'm a huge, like, psych fan, too, mm-hmm. so it has all that psychedelic stuff going on, Yeah, too. with the sitars and yeah, everything, and the backward guitars. Yeah, and then George Harrison. Just coming into coming his in. own. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. that was post-San Francisco, if mm-hmm. I recall, where he watched everybody. And he and- started, I mean, not, they were getting influenced by, you know, all these, um, you know, um, New World yeah. kind of that rubbish. sort of yeah the rubbish yeah but well no 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 Sorry, know, i was gonna say ravi shankar but they were getting into that and yeah. so it was coming through the music but like not but in the best possible way they man, beetle you know obviously beetles are they're fodder for hours upon hours mm-hmm. of yeah, conversation we probably could talk for hours but here's the th- here's the uh, uh like strip all the way the music which is uh, instantly familiar often chilling you like listen to eleanor rigby and it's like mm-hmm. how did they make seven days a week and then make and then, eleanor rigby which is oh yeah uh, in- we, influenced by psycho yeah right like how do you do that but the thing that no matter like how dynamic they got or like how how rocky or how experimental or how shitty with bungalow bill or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they when people look at Gandhi, they see the archetype for peace. Sure. And when they look at the Beatles, they see the archetype of love. Yeah. And what, like, how were they able to do that? Not that that was like the biggest question anyone will ever pose you, uh, but yeah. how do they do that? I mean, it's it's. I guess that's like any in, in so many in so much music that maybe that you really like, but the Beatles are able to to do that on such a grand scale where like everybody loves them yeah I, I mean it's just obviously it's it's in in the music more so than them i mean obviously john lennon became a huge you know act, right. um outspoken activist for love 
But, um, you know, that was later. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. And so I, I guess that was just coming through. And I think that, uh, you know, drawing us back in to to what we're doing now, I mean, you can taste love in, in a spirit. Absolutely. You know, or you can t- you can feel love when you walk into a bar or a restaurant. Yeah. You know, and so I think that what is what attracts people to the Beatles is that you just feel it. You don't know why. You don't know why. You just do. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think mm-hmm. Mezcal is a great example, too. We'll, we'll talk, chat about this bottle yeah. in a second, but Mezcal is some somehow it's just un, unencumbered by human frailty mm-hmm. in, in all of our shit. It's just it's pure and it is the extension of the earth to a bottle and I can't explain it sometimes. It's it's insane and you don't see I mean I haven't been to Oaxaca and I haven't seen Mezcal produced, but even just to go to tequila. Yeah, because you just got back, you were mm-hmm. doing Fortaleza. Fortaleza with Chris, I hope. Uh, no. Oh, you didn't go? <laughs> no. Damn it. Unfortunately. That dude, you talk about music. That yeah. dude is like. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went down there and I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I'm my beginning was wine. And so, um, you know, I've been to many wineries and, yeah. and things like that. But it was the first time I went on a liquor um, excursion, trip, excursion yeah. if you will, and felt that. That like that sense of place yeah. and sense of you know the agave that it's coming from the person that's making it right. the, the the fact that it rained last year and that it didn't so yeah. it it became really um, I, I fell in love with it like now it's all we're drinking in yeah. our house it, it's strange <laughs> it's there's something heartbreaking about it oh I mean you well know? they struggle yeah there's that's tequila is is poor it's a it's complete opposite of going into um I mean I don't know what a, an example is you know maybe going into like the bourbon trail or, or Kentucky or I mean these right, are right glorious yeah. you know huge I mean, operations yes. people it's been uh, commercialized right. corporatized absolutely yeah it's a good point and Very you know different. Fortaleza was um, I mean, he comes from the Salva family. I'm sure he has he has money. If you if you know his story, yeah. but he um, hit the the ideals and the values are still there. And of course, you have Corvo and things like Absolutely. that. But it just still was there. It reminded me a lot of again. I go back to wine, like going into Champagne and and seeing. Okay, there's corporatism here. Obviously, Moet and. Piper and you know but yeah. there's all these little conglomerates of you know grower champagnes and and they're just I mean literally you know stone houses that grow the best Grand Cru yeah. you've ever tasted in your life and it's thirty dollars you know so like, yeah kind of, you, we're looking at each other like exactly that's it's pretty good that's pretty, pretty inexpensive <laughs> so well so you know to contrast then I I'll say this because I don't I don't I don't want you because I know that you 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 know you work in retail but you work in just not distribution necessarily but you deal with the what I consider the best retailer in Texas mind you Thank Twin you. Twin has been like a wonderful partner for us and it, anything that they can do to subvert specs which is kind of like <laughs> a not let me say it they're it's like a mob cartel it really is and you don't have to agree with me you don't you just enjoy the mezcal but specs just is yeah <laughs> muttering under your bed but there is something that has been lost in my opinion in the modern craft god i hate that i even have to qualify it but the modern craft movement in america you go and you go to oaxaca or i have not been to Lisco, but to, mm-hmm. it's, i've had a very similar experience mm-hmm. you get some people that are they're connected with the land 
Yeah. They're connected with the, the product and their artistic and creative vision is what's expressed in that bottle and their passion and their experience. Yeah. It's something that's really, really connects you with them as if somehow we were all connected in some kind of network, right? Yeah, that's what drives us. Absolutely. I mean, that's what that's why I wake up every day and do what I do, which sounds so cheesy. No, but, it's not. That's you know, a great reason because to contrast it, I feel like since Texas is its own economy, we could just you know focus on Texas. But we're losing that connection Absolutely. to the art, to the land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm pers- I personally have, have, have done some things that nece- aren't necessarily connected to the land, but I've done things that are connected to the land. But right. how do you feel the industry is going to, how, how is it going to fare long term if just so many people are just about moving another bottle and printing another label with a scantily clad woman <laughs> on it. I mean, how how's that going to work sure. out? Sure, I see it. Um, I mean, I see it every day. Like you said, Twins is a, is, is a large wholesaler yeah. and retailer. So glad Texas. you guys are getting into Houston yes. and Dallas. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. Um, one of the reasons why I am with them, though, is that they still have a it's kind of talking about those ideals of yeah. the, in the in that vision of still trying to stay small and and it's hard. I mean, every day. And I think it's hard for, you know, the industry as a whole mm-hmm. to like sit there and say, you know, well, we're not going to take money from this XYZ brand. Right. It's it's a difficult place when, to be. When, you know, they're telling you they're going to sponsor something and and they're and they're signing a really hefty check yeah, that's yeah. going to pay your, you know, employees bills and it's going to pay yours and sure. and make then things some. easier. Right. Exactly. So um yeah, I think that we we always have to maybe like step back. Things like this are awesome because you do go back and you remember, hey, maybe what brought you here. Yeah. You know, like you said, okay, music and feeling the love from from that and then and then wine and you know, and and twins being a, a great company. Yeah, you know, we have everyone has their issues, but like being just to stand behind something yeah. is maybe just to try to not forget why you're in it. That's a really good you know? point. Sometimes you, you, we operate and we operate and we do, do, do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we don't sit back and or, or take a step back and say like, well, actually, this is why right. I started doing this in the first place. Yeah, Many a good that. romantic comedy yeah. has started that way. Right? <laughs> exactly. But uh, do you think that the, not the industry, like but the big guys are always going to be okay because they've got the capital and the resources and They'll stuff. always but, be okay. Yeah. But how do you feel the little guy how do you feel about those medium-sized guys are just putting out everything to Mm -hmm. appeal to everybody do you think that's gonna work for them long term? no i think that it's starting to um the industry is changing a little bit um you know i see that uh the smaller guys are coming up and they're and they're doing insane stuff and and people are seeing that people are, are still are wanting quality yeah over quantity um you know look at i mean look at everything that we do i mean people on on like social media what yeah. you see is never you know the the big big names yeah, yeah. It, you know it's always like well, they it's can't some, it's, it's, that's yeah, the thing is like they can't really be that agile no, as a big company they can't and you know so it's it's you know when you see a, a great bar in town you know what they're excited about yeah. and i think the best bars in town and, and i try to to you know, 
service them and make sure that they're okay yeah and what they're asking me for and what they're upset about and what is always usually something that's you're really a counselor aren't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Trying yeah to bridge that gap it's like oh, i'm so sorry that yeah we don't have this oh thing. it's that's 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 well you know i think we're in the hospi- hospitality business so you just want to make people happy and, yeah. and that's that's the unfortunate thing is that we have so many people in this industry wanting good stuff but there's there's not a lot out there so it's i mean strange right yeah, like there's lots of stuff yeah but it's all but how much allocated. of it is good right exactly that's it's a really like, hard question to answer there's lots of stuff what is good um and i think that people also um just to help the industry you know like just believe in believe in what you think is good yeah you know, like, yeah. and, and I think that's, again, like you are going to succeed and whatever you do, if you just believe in what you think is good. You know, and, and so you know. one of my favorite qu- quotes from Lemmy yes. is that salute, raise your flag, man. Yes. S- who will salute it? will salute it. That's paraphrased, by the way. I no, but up. I but know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. From, uh, I think it's the decline of Western civilization part mm-hmm. three. Lemmy's like. Yeah. You know, raise your flag, man. See who salutes it. And that's that's such a great thing because exactly. it's totally how it works. It's totally how it works. And, you know, I think that we get caught up a little bit. Austin is still small. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in New York and it was such a big city. And I mean, yeah, there was stuff going on there when I was sure. there. It was like 2008, 2007. But you didn't really like. There wasn't just this one little scene. It was like oh, I'm sure it was so like this humongous scene, and everybody was kind of like into. It reminds me more of music, like yeah. you know, when I lived in Houston, and you were you were a big part of a music scene, but like you know, you had your your skinheads and your yeah. you know, your skull well, so kids, and you know all that. I didn't realize you're from. I knew about the New York bit, but I didn't yes. know you're from Houston. So where did you, where did you where would you say is the place you grew up? Oh, I grew up in Tomball, Texas. Tomball. <laughs> Do you know Paul McGee? No. Yeah, so Paul McGee is one of the prestigious tiki people of our time, and he lives in Chicago. He's two, three dots Tomball? and a dash. He's from yeah. Tomball? So it's either Tomball or Humble. Okay. But same fucking same difference. difference. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But it is. And so, like, that's something, and he's, I, you know, we haven't talked in a long time. He probably that's didn't even so remember who funny. I am. But yeah, he's from one of those small kind of Texas. I knew a, uh, I knew a girl with the last name McGee. Maybe it was her brother. Oh, that'd be funny. I think he has a sister, yeah. That's crazy. So how? So I, I spent some time in Katy. That's where yeah. I was going. All that bullshit. But mm-hmm. when did, when when were you living in? Uh, I was I was born and raised in Houston, and I moved to Tomball when I was three years old. Oh, so that's like I all, lived in Tomball from three to eighteen. Man, how was high school in Tomball? It was awful. Why? Why? Because of the country <laughs> element? Or? Oh yeah, I mean then it was country. Now you go there, it's suburbs. But yeah. then I think it was four thousand people. That's cr- you know, that's I mean, ninety-eight so percent white. Yeah, um, and it was—I mean, I grew up on two plus acres of land oh, next wow. to cornfields and is that is a creek and were you tasked with um, some duties there? No, on the- more mainly like feeding the animals and stuff. But it wasn't. I—I I mean, it was more like my dad's dream. Like I'm gonna go out and buy property. Yeah. <laughs> Would, like, it, would you, do you guys have horses and sheep? No, and no, we never had. We never did. Our neighbors all did. But yeah. My dad just had like a garden. And oh, that's so cool. Built though. a pond, you know, like dug out a pond. Yeah. And so it, it was a great place to grow up. I can't, I can't say enough for that, but it did. Were you able to, to feel 
what's the word multicultural no no because it's so homogenous right i mean but there wasn't like you know i i mean i look at it now and i don't i never felt racism or um you know or that you know if there was somebody of you know different demographic that they were anything different so whatever it was pretty loving community that's great yeah which was which was great but um were you big into music i'd imagine in high school yeah i started um you know i started thinking about like you know where where did it change yeah i mean i think in junior high i kind of started running with the the wrong crowd and so <laughs> what does that mean in tom walks i have a feeling it's not as bad in like houston city proper it could be as bad it could be not as bad or maybe worse yeah but um it just was um like i think you know i said earlier i feel like i've always just been dr- i'm not a bad kid yeah but like i've always been like drawn to just kind of dark to the riffraff like, yeah just edge and edge. and so you know <laughs> there's this girl and she painted she i remember she was painting her nails with white out and i was like i want to be her friend like she's just <laughs> cool you yeah. know and so and then but with that i mean you know it was my dad catching me you know behind the you know movie theaters with some with some kids that were up to no good and yeah. smoking cigarettes and you know like so it it's not yeah, that bad it in was retrospect, like but... it was not bad at all yeah. but like maybe in sixth grade you're like okay you're going so they sort of like like kiboshed that really fast mm-hmm. and actually every weekend we kind of started going into town so i think that they would like drive me into houston because they didn't yeah. want me to hang out with these kids <laughs> which it's fucking houston yeah Do you end up in montrose yeah. at numbers because that's right. a different deal well, then i saw this whole new world and i was like oh this is this is cool yeah like you know yeah. this and they would go to restaurants and they would you know and so i think that's where i saw that there was this whole other world and it i was really attracted to like that like when going I, out in this was room. this like late early or mid 90s late 90s. yeah i graduated high school in 2000 okay so okay. yeah so yeah so 94 like late, 95 yeah, sure. oh there's yeah. lots to do then and you know and so and they were you know they were really i ended up you know they i found some friends that they liked but they were into music yeah and so their parents were kind of they wouldn't let them do anything so my mom and dad would actually drive us to shows oh, to like so Fitzgerald's cool. and Talking the abyss bits, and man. stuff zelda's yeah. the abyss oh the yes abyss. i missed the abyss i know so bad. it was such a fire hazard they had to close it down <laughs> yeah. that's what you know that's how you know a venue is good yeah exactly it's so good. do you remember the oven and the mausoleum oh yeah oh yeah that was like our first show ever oh, yeah. was it the, that uh, was like mausoleum. everyone's first show I yeah <laughs> they would fuck whatever yes. i remember oh man the dude's name was like mason maybe mm-hmm. i had to track him down at an antique mall that he worked at and yeah. give him a cd and that's the only way he would let us like consider to play at the mausoleum, you know, in ninety seven <laughs> or something. The mausoleum was awesome. Oh, it was such a great place. Yeah. The oven too. It was so hot it's, in there. It was an oven. Pizza oven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's changed so much too. It has. I mean, that was so when I thought Houston was cool. Like I didn't, you know. Now, like when I moved away, I realized everyone hated Houston. Yeah. But they and I thought like I thought this was like the coolest playground ever i mean like all these venues and i think at that time houston had a pretty good music scene yeah it was pretty good i'm trying to think who was really big at that time um it's hard to say who would always book big shows oh man there's i'm trying to think because when i moved to 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 austin there was some 
Yeah. I, I well, there was, I mean, there was this, there was like a kind of rockin' scene. And yeah. I mean, I've always, I mean, I followed it. Um, I mean, Indian Jewelry was a big band That's, that came out yeah, of there. absolutely. And, um, you know, that kind of behind that, there was a collective there called Hands Up Houston. That book. Abs- Ryan Chavez. Amazing shows. Ryan Chavez. You know Ryan Chavez. He's one of my, well, at that time, one of my closest friends. No shit. Yeah. So. Wow. Panic in Detroit, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, Panic in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, all these bands around there. You know, I've never Fail met Ryan Chavez, but I've always remember his name because he'd book really? shows for us. Yeah, we yeah. need to bring him in here. <laughs> I'll set that up. <laughs> That's so amazing. And he played, didn't he play like drums for Jet to Brazil yes. or some shit? Yeah. That's and um, God, another band that's pretty big, but I can't think of them. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's always been. I, do, I don't know I what remember he's doing that now. when that started. What's our, what, he's what? I don't know what he's doing now. I don't either. Yeah. I lost I've lost pretty much any connection to mm-hmm. the Houston scene and all that. But that's it, man. It was a good time. It, it was, was like kind of thriving. And it, but yeah. it was the cool thing, too, is it was really a brethren to Austin. So, yeah. like, we would play in always Austin, going to Austin shows bands. here. Yeah. I felt like Austin was my town, too. And then there was like this camaraderie um that i don't know maybe i'm just old and i don't i just yeah, don't think it's sure. there You're anymore so <laughs> but yeah. no i it's maybe it's you us know? getting yeah. crotchety and shit right but i agree like there was this this I just i mean there was an emos in houston yeah, i don't know if people knew that there was an yeah, emos sure. there at the drive-in yeah all the time yeah 80s night yes you know it was I mean, it was, it was a good time to live in houston it really was Man, so. those suckers lost out. They, they like, totally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> missed out on it now. For well, sure. so so you're in Houston for a bit. You finish up high school. You said in 2000. At that point, did you stick around Houston, or is mm-hmm. that when you had? I went to college. To... I I went to college at University of Houston. University of Houston. What so I studied hotel restaurant management. Oh, so like I knew that I wanted. I I well, there was a time where I wanted to be. Um, I wanted to work on a cruise ship yeah. when I was like in elementary. <laughs> really? Why? Why then my does one know watched, that they want to? My parents watched Love Boat, Love and I was Boat. like, I want to be Julie. I want to be the cruise director. <laughs> and my parents like started going on all these cruises, and I was like, This is it. Did you go with them? Yes, oh, I was like, crazy. I'm gonna travel, and I'm gonna work, and it's gonna be awesome. Isaac's gonna make me a my time. Yeah. And then <laughs> I remember, I don't know who told me this. I maybe it was my dad. He was like, "Well, University of Houston has a, a hotel restaurant management school. No kidding. That would be good for that." I mean, I heard this like in fifth grade, and I was like, "That's it." So you just sit stuck. And with I you. just did it. I just went and. Um, How was it? It was good. That's a it's a fun school. Yeah. I mean, you do everything. You learn. You know. I mean, they you work every year. So I mean, I yeah. worked in restaurants and hotels and bartending serving you know front of the house back of the house yeah um and then i realized like i don't want to work on cruises at all what so. what, what was the moment like, this is too we, rocky I'm getting, like, I'm so i was like what was i thinking which is funny because um you know Kristen vogel who used to work with glaciers yeah here, yeah she worked on a cruise ship no kidding yeah and i was like what that was like my dream she was like, eh, it was. It's not so yeah, good. it wasn't so good. Those land lovers. Yeah. Just basically. But we went on a cruise like in high school. It's like booze cruise, and it was just terrible. Like everyone was sick on it, and mm. I was like, I don't want this. And so, and then I also started getting like really envious of my two best friends were with me at the time, and they were in restaurants, and so I was like, I want to do that. I want to go on that side of things, and so I 
graduated there and I the you know Cliff Notes version I moved to Spain wait wait I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that yeah I lived in Madrid so you for, finish up the hospital hospitality yeah. uh let's let's say it takes four years yeah 2004 mm-hmm that's when I, I took me six years, but 2004 too. Yeah, nonetheless. surprisingly. Yeah. And so you end up in Spain. In Spain, I was. I how? Yeah. You end up in Spain. I was running. I I I don't know. I'm. I was. At that point, I was realized I didn't want to be in Houston anymore. So yeah. I just was like, "What am I doing?" You know, I guess from going from Tomball to Houston was pretty big, and but then it kind of I kind of got bored with it. Yeah. And I don't honestly. I don't know why I went to Spain at the at that moment. I just knew that maybe I wanted. Was it somebody? Did you know somebody out there? Um, I did know somebody that was living in Madrid. Um, but it just, I was just like, I just want to do it. Get the fuck out. I just want to get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I um did like a semester abroad thing, you know, and yeah. um, in Madrid. Yeah, Probably, in Madrid, yeah. and learned Spanish. And have, Did it stick? You it still have Spanish? lost it all, pretty much. All I can say is yeah. that I can kind of say Araqueño. <laughs> yeah, Araqueño. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> all I know is Spanish is Mexican. I can't roll my R's very well, <laughs> dude. I can't either. I, don't, I think it's because the the water's pretty cold. Yeah, so it's kind of stumped up my mouth. <laughs> but. So how long were you out in Spain then? Um, uh, like a summer into fall, so five months about. So were you were you working in a kitchen? Though? Um, I didn't. I actually picked up. Um, I went in, there was a little bar that I kind of became like friends with the person that was living next to me Yeah, and she was like, come pick up shifts. So I like bust stuff there. Um, and that, that lasted, I don't even know how long, like a couple weeks. (laughs) And I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I couldn't speak Spanish. I mean, I started understanding it, but I couldn't, you know, someone would say something to me really fast and yeah, which is different. Yeah. Yeah. To take it in, but to give it out. Right. So I just, but you know, I think it was there that I really fell in love with this. I mean, what we're doing now is, and it was really wine at the time. Um, and food, a lot of amazing food. I mean, uh, pulpa, yeah, oh I mean, I was eating like I'd never eaten before. I thought I knew what good food was, yeah. but, you know, it was and my best friend Tracy was living up in Barcelona. So we would we would meet up every now and again. And she was having this. I mean, she grew up like we have parallel lives. We grew up in Tomball yeah. in the country. You've kn- so you've known her that whole yeah. time. Yeah. And so she, you know, her and I, it just like clicked. Wow. And um. I guess, you know, it was the typical experience going to Madrid, girl, yeah. in, girl in Madrid or whatever, you know, American girl in Paris. Um, <laughs> and is that, is that, is, is it as seedy as one might believe? Because <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a guy. So, guy, you know, like guys show up and they're like, yeah, it's going to be like a, mm-hmm. a great thing. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm gonna score all the girls. And then oh, it, yeah, it's, it's like five months of nothing. Like, but for, <laughs> for, for women, it, you know, it's often different. Well, yeah. I mean, I have... Uh, a girlfriend that actually like married a guy that oh, she no met kidding. over there. I well, mean, so yeah, great. like there was, you know, it happened. I don't know. It was just weird. Maybe it was, do people still do that? Like, do people graduate college and just go to to Europe? Is I don't that, know. Like, a thing? I just know that I watch Love Actually every Christmas season, <laughs> and that one Brit goes and he scores with like <laughs> Denise. I Richards didn't score when I was there though. Oh no, I no. didn't. I didn't. I I think I like. Made out with somebody at a nightclub and I felt bad about it because I was like, this, this, 
I didn't even. That's not why yeah. you went out there. I, that, right? That's not. Yeah. Like I was like, this isn't, this isn't what I, you know, am here for. And then yeah. I had a friend that was living there and, um, <laughs> he was just, you know, he was really into the, the party scene there, which mm. is crazy. Is it, is it crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. And so like, you know, every time I go out, it's just like, here's some happy pills. Happy and, pills. Like they have smiley faces on them. I'm like, nah. <laughs> So like I is this still, a laxative? Because yeah, this has happened to exactly. me before. <laughs> so like I I obviously have fun there, but mainly I was like kind of like head down. Just like I fell in love with food and wine, the culture, right? Yeah, and the culture, and like yeah. being by myself, and like being alone and lonely, and um you know missing home. The but cure comes to mind so, again. Yeah, right? I got really goth when I was there. I think actually that's where I got more goth. And started wearing black all the time. Really interesting. Is that a, th- is that a thing in Spain that people wear? Black? No, they kidding. don't, do they? Yeah, they're all wearing red. And right, running from so, bulls. I don't know. I I think I, it changed me. It yeah. kind of kind of made me who I was. So why'd so. you come back? Um, like actually, somehow, like I'm upset, offended that you came. No, back. I I came back. I well, I came back for a boy, kind yeah. of. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, we can say that, but no, that's good. Um, that's not a bad, re- yeah. you know how many lives in great American novels are yeah. the impetus is a girl or a guy. Right. I mean, it's very, it happens. Right. And, and it was, it was great because I realized that I wasn't in love with him anymore when I came back. And it's, wait, so were you guys together and then you went to Spain? Yeah. And, was it a Houston guy? Yeah, yeah, it was like the sweetheart. It was the oh, like the high, the college the high school sweetheart. Wow, like and it had been an off and on. Like we're best friends. It was just like that. Like yeah, you know. Well, so were you, man? That's well. So this begs the question then. So going to Spain, which of course you're doing because you want to immerse yourself in the culture of food and wine, mm-hmm. but at the same time, were you running away from having to figure that out? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I would do the same thing. I mean, we were together for ten years, so oh, it was wow. Yeah. So you come back and you're like, I think I've got a new lease on life. And, and I think I wanted to be with him and yeah. and like just live the simple kind of life in Houston and, you know, maybe, you know, work in the industry here, do food and wine here. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so I did, I tried, I, I, you tried, I tried it. And How'd it work out? I, I was miserable. Was I, it too? I missed an- Spain. I don't want to use this word, but was it just too small? Because you go to to Spain, right? And at some point, you're like, I'm actually, I think I'm pretty worldly, yeah, which is a little bit larger than what our scope was in our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. It just was. It just ran its course. Yeah. You know, and it, it was sad. It was like the, it's still sad to me, but it why, was. Why, why is it still sad? N- only, Isn't it progression? Oh, I just like I just like I, I like to dwell. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I like to go. be sad sometimes. Back to the cure. <laughs> the fir- the third time this conversation. <laughs> so I mean, um, and Being I just forlorn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I just was like, you know that right it's it's romantic to have that like that no i mean that's what drove everybody yeah. to kill themselves or write a good <laughs> exactly. poem i mean that's how it goes you know right exactly so um but it was like the it was the best possible thing that could happen to me so i um i decided the way the best way to run away again was to go to new york mm-hmm. but but no one was having that they were like no you know my my parents are kind of conservative and they were like you need to 
do something with your life. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? New York is not the answer. And I was like, well, it is if I go to culinary school. How'd they feel about that? They were ecstatic. That's no, good. They, so like back in school? Yeah. Cool. School <laughs> yeah. a good thing. They were just sort of like, okay. You know, they kind of questioned it, but they were like, okay. Yeah. Because I was like, I want to do this wine thing. I had worked at this restaurant in Houston and, and did, you know, everything there and and was like, okay, I've, I found that if I go to culinary school, it will like really round out my experience. Yeah, on and paper, then, that makes lots of sense. You know, and, sure. and that was, you know, I had always kind of been in still like school, school, school. You have to have this. When really now I look back, I'm like experience, experience, experience. Yeah. But um and so i went to i went to new york i moved to new york when um, uh, what year was this gosh 2007 2006 good time for cocktails and stuff then yeah Yeah. and so it was really fun because um and before that i had met my now husband so i was just really happy i was just super like in love and you're 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 like going to going to new york Mm -hmm. no attachment no attachment to pursue the creative dream right you know and so which makes you totally receptive to love at that point oh yeah but in my opinion oh i was like i was like ronnie like i you know like automatically i love you and i love the world and um (laughs) that's amazing so i went to culinary school and then um while i was working there or while I was doing school, I was working at a place called Aster Wines. Aster, yeah. Yeah. I get emails from yes. them every day because I bought so, some mezcal that I legally shipped to Texas. Yeah. For those of you listening, I do in some <laughs> cases illegally ship mezcal to Texas. <laughs> you Thank you do. very much. You gotta yeah. do. That's totally, you have to. You do. I've done If you're not industrious, too. where are you? <laughs> exactly. But the, I guess that does pose a problem when you're like, wow, what, to what extent, <laughs> what, to what length will you go to get mezcal? Yes. Uh, the sure. answer is pretty much any length. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like we, going off, we packed six bottles of tequila in our um, suitcases from tequila. Yeah. And um, one broke. That oh, was pretty dude. bummer. I broke a, broke a bottle of Vanna Club on my way back from London. Worst. It's, I wanted but, to have some kind of service mm-hmm. for it, but luckily it was the cheap bottle that broke. <laughs> Thank God it was the yeah. $17 bottle or whatever. I felt years. that way too because it was Fortaleza. And if it was one of the, I mean, there was, there was this tequila called G4 that's incredible. And yeah. If it was that, I would just have cried. So it was good. Well, it but, all works out mm-hmm. in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so you exactly. were. Oh, what's that? Six said exactly. Yeah. I just, I, it was funny because it broke and I thought that I'd contained this bill <laughs> and I had a couple of clean shirts still on my luggage and I was like, oh, I'm just around the house. It's kind of recovering from jet lag and I was wearing one of the houses. I'm like, God, this house smells like rum. <laughs> and then if yeah. it's just me, I'm, I'm drenched in rum. Yeah. I'm actually a really good afternoon, <laughs> frankly. It, it, it was quite enjoyable. I really, really liked it. So were you doing cooking and stuff too? Yes. So I worked at Aster and um, honed my, I guess, wine skills there. And then then I started cooking. So once I graduated culinary school, I... um, Is that a two-year? Yeah, it's a little under two. A little under Um, two. And I... Is that CIA? No, that's that's up in... um, What's that town called? Up north in New York. Oh, okay. So... um, Gosh, I'm losing it. But yeah, Tracy went there. The girl I will went. Your parallel my, life. My parallel life yeah. girl. But so we, um, so Ronnie and I were, he actually moved up there. So my Where husband he? now, yeah. he's from Houston. So, but you met him in Houston? I met him in Houston, but like 
we didn't really like really get together until yeah. New York City. I mean, like he came up there and then that's when we knew because when you when you have a relationship in New York City, you move in together. Yeah. That's because it's that's good. Do it. It's, you know, half rent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so <laughs> well, it's functional. Why yeah, not? that's <laughs> why <laughs> you, if you ever think about Mike and Jess in a yes. store, it's like, wait, they already were split. Right? Right? It was just easier to get married than to find For another. Sure. I mean, honestly, that's all it works. And so, <laughs> so thank God we, we uh, got along and, yeah. and then some. But um, so life was good. I I graduated culinary school and then um, I was stodging trailing with uh, like Gramercy Tavern and Kraft and, you know, all these big places. Yeah. And Kraft had a, a restaurant called Kraft Bar and the chef was opening a spot in um, Alphabet City yeah. in Lower East Side called the EU. And so I went and worked there, which is funny because that kind of has a lot of Jessica and Michael yeah. hung out there yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kristen Childs. Did you ever run was, into each other? No, I, I'm I'm sure that I was like shucking oysters as they were when like they waiting for a table. It's so strange. Because the Garmage was like right there. Yeah. So I feel like there's so many people I've met in my life that was like, yeah, like I've been there. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you were like there. Just within yeah, y- yards exactly. of each other. Yeah, it's you so know? strange how that works out. For sure. Out. And so um, I did that. I mean, I... I I moved along with the chef for two years and it was good, but I hated it. Like I hated cooking. Why? It was, it was so stressful. <laughs> it was like the most stressful thing. It was like hell's kitchen. I mean like yeah. pots like thrown at you. Noises, like you suck, you asshole, you know, like, I mean, and I was just, I mean, I'm kind of a chill person. So yeah. that was, totally the too much like too much for me and and i was just stressed out every day and um and i mean i worked you know every position and it was great but um my chef opened up a place called elitaria and Mm -hmm. i guess so i guess this was 07 but he um it was funny because that's the bar of Elitaria was uh, Lynette Marrero. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so no she kidding. was doing it. And um, Brian, Tiki Brian, and, you know, so all these kind of kids that went into Death and Co. And, That's so and, cool. and other things. And and it was just like starting, you know, yeah, like yeah, obviously there's milk up. and honey, but like, like all this stuff. And so she was doing the bar, and that's kind of when I started seeing that craft movement because there's so many elements of cooking in it anyway yeah oh yeah and it's funny because that restaurant ended up closing in the crash but um like they ended up being way more known for their cocktails (laughs) cocktails. (laughs) than their uh than their food which was not i mean the chef was brilliant it just was but sometimes something you people wanted exactly you never know which song's gonna be Mm -hmm. the hit like you just keep chipping away at it you know for so sure. did you ever do bar backing or bartending? Um, right? never did. I mean, well, actually, um, there was. I mean, just for fun, all the all the cooks kind of helped behind the bar yeah. and stuff. Like one night, and we like kind of did a switch. But I mean, we were so it was so close that um, you know, it it was really. I saw what they were doing, and we were. I mean, we were sitting there like juicing limes together, and right. like my lime was for like a congee that we were doing or something, and hers mm-hmm. was for like cocktails. So, you know, we were. It, it was such a family, um, and then just to kind of see where like that went. Yeah. And I left. I left New York when Elitario closed. I was 
we were kind of done with New York City. What 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 drove you to um, what's end on that? I miss Texas. Well, Texas has got its thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I missed it. I was, like, jealous whenever anybody, like, talked about Texas. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I'm, you know, and like. Houston start. it's funny, you leave and yes. then Houston starts to get cool. I mean, exactly. And then <laughs> people were talking about Austin. Like, then Austin yeah. was, like, the best place on the planet. Sure. You know, like. Still is. It still is. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I agree. But, um, you know. There, it was like someone would talk about Austin. They were talking about like. Would you, know, you feel like like kind of heartbroken? Yes. Like, oh, that's the that's like, the, the oh, one I missed. Yeah. I know Austin. You know, and I like <laughs> would try to like chime in. They're like, yeah, whatever. You know, like like <laughs> so. But no, I know. But I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Hear I me, it. please. I was there. So um, so you know, I mean, I just. I didn't know. I knew I wanted to go back into wine because I was done with with cooking, mm-hmm. and um, Austin just. I didn't want to move back to Houston. Yeah, and so you uh, got you guys. Totally, yeah, totally. Was, did he feel the same way? No, I think he wanted to he, stay in New York. What was he doing? He's a nurse. Oh, okay. So yeah, he um, was working at um, Presbyterian New York Presbyterian up there, the Columbia. Uh, hospital yeah. and so he was loving it's fine it. for him he yeah. was making a go of it and they make good money up there sure. and all this stuff and so um what, but how was that conversation to like get him to come back to houston he, or texas he probably? was you know he was cool like at the at the time i mean i look at like our relationship there like we just were like i think we didn't really truly learn each other until we moved to austin because you're just keeping your head above water i mean i was working six days a week and he was his job was nights and we were just like passing ships in the night yeah so um so yeah he he was he was cool with it he got a job at dell children's and amazing they gave us like a little bit of a moving oh that's budget and next thing you know we're when you did you? So when were you fully moved back to like Austin? Two thousand late two, two thousand eight August of two thousand eight. Oh, okay. So still stuff is like yeah. just forming here too. Yes, exactly. So um, then it just I was I signed up to get certified. Yeah. For my sommelier, and um, I was looking. I was looking for jobs i couldn't really find anything so i thought okay i'm probably gonna have to go back in the kitchen yeah and then i just saw a twin liquors ad on craigslist in the, it, in the rest the, of history what was the official position <laughs> with twin uh i was just a sales associate i yeah. was working out in bee caves which was before the big store was open yeah, right? yeah i was working out there and i was just you know, selling wine to housewives and it was great. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I was so happy because I was, came from New York city, like six days a week, you know, barely push, you know, barely making $400 a week. And like, here I am, you know, making about probably about the same amount of money. And we don't make, we're not rich in this industry, but I was like, it was like eight hour days, five Total days a week, balance, right? you know, and I was just like, it's so nice. I was in, you know, bee caves, That's so like nice. going to this little Vietnamese restaurant down the road. And I was just oh, like, man. I'm so happy. And then I started, you know, getting more ambition. I got my certified, I, I got certified and um, I started really getting into wine. I was at Hancock and I was just teaching and yeah. I was, you know, starting to order there and, um, and I actually kind of was like thinking in my head, like, like, 
own personal dreams and aspirations, like my own wine bar or, you know, something like right. that. Your own label. Yeah. You know, like something. And then twins come to me like, hey. Would they? So yeah. What, so what was the <laughs> what was the offer? What was the. So it was just like, you know, we they, I mean, they saw I was involved. I mean, mm. especially because I started getting really involved with um, David because yeah. Tipsy Texan was happening and at Hancock. Uh, mostly mm -hmm. facilitated through Hancock. Exactly. Right? And so like I saw these like the first class and you know, I don't know if that's been talked about here, but like that. I feel like a lot of like the scene of, yeah. of Austin oh, my goodness. You have, yes. started at, in like the Tipsy Texan class. It was the with the minor leagues for the scene. Yeah, that, those <laughs> exactly. were the bullpens. Seriously. For sure. So many people that, that I've talked to, that I've met, that actually have even been on the show. Mm -hmm. That's it's like the record that changed our life, you know? It did. It's so cool, man. It's so cool. I get talking to Joe about it and be like, yeah. do you guys like uh, what you guys were doing? I don't doing? think like, they I don't know. get it. <laughs> I don't think they get it. No idea. And that's what makes it the best. Because they had no idea. That's why I love it's them. It's so great. So we, so, I mean, I became friends with all these people and then kind of like in the same sense in the relationship, obviously my relationships are different with them now. I mean, we've bec I've become best friends yeah. with some of these people. Oh, they're, they're but wonderful. it it always was like, what do you need? Yeah. Like, I got it. Got like, it. you know, so it kind of became like I was your go-to girl in the retail side mm -hmm. as you have your dealer, you know. Yeah, my dealer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so unfortunately I can't be the dealer anymore. I am in a different sense, but with, yeah, oh yeah. with you, 150, you know, people instead of You are the one that gets things to people that want things. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be, how's that feel to be like a nice It's stressful. <laughs> All the demands placed yes. on you. Yeah. It's stressful. But what do people ask for a lot? What's the well, one right thing now, like, that everybody, I can say happy all, everybody, right? every day, all day. It hasn't ended. Are you guys finally out in the warehouse? We are out of everything but 10 and 12. Oh, that's still pretty yeah, good. 12 is quite we, a nice. We have 10 and 12. That's good. For those listening. <laughs> I'll try to post it like this week so that <laughs> yeah. they can get on it really quick. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. But no, I mean, it's. it's been... Yeah, those allocated things are hard because, again, you know, it goes back to this industry and we yeah. all just want to make people happy. So I know that, like... It's a crowd pleaser. Like, yeah, and if I disappoint somebody, it it kills me, but, you know... So what's your, what's your official title now with Twin? I am a wholesale account manager. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Everybody knows you. Yeah, yeah kind of. A little bit. Know. A little bit. Maybe it's that Christmas commercial. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, my TV tags you when you when you when you show up. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Sandra, I'm sure. Yeah, it's like, hey, aren't yeah. you that elf from yeah, the, the right? commercial? God. <laughs> Do people, you know, I talked to Billy Hankey a bit about it, and I know he works with Twin quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Is mezcal a call thing too? Like those pappies? Sure. Oh yeah, big bigger than ever now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have. Uh, Two brand, two distributors we work closely with that I would say have have most of it victory, yeah, victory in, virtu in virtuoso, virtuoso probably, right? and so I mean they're I kind of love them because they were it's like not my decision that kind of so you know it's this business is such a relationship yeah like at this side of it I think that's been the the coolest thing and also sometimes it's hard because you know I mean we're all we're all just, they, everyone just wants to make their 
business the best that it right. can be. They're, bring their right. vision to fruition. And, yeah. and so, you know, and I think the ones that do the best, you know, obviously are the ones that are able to, to build a relationship. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of what I try to do too, is to have as much a relationship with the distributors because this three-tiered this, system I is mean, a bitch, and, you know? Oh, believe <laughs> me, I, I know. And, and the thing is, the distributors can hold out on you if they want. Oh, So it's exactly. better to be like... And they have with some people, so <laughs> I, I just try to be as I keep cooperative. fighting with Matt Daniels about shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, Future our distributor, like <laughs> just give me this thing. Like, yeah. So real briefly, like there's a Nicholas Palazzi had this 18 year old Cavados. Yeah. And a 375. I keep hearing wonderful things about it. Right. And I'm like, oh, a really heavily aged Cavados from a single Yum. day of distillation. Yes, please. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey John. Hey Matt. Can can you secure me a bottle? Pay whatever for it. So Matt holds it for me, and then he drinks it. It's <laughs> like, damn God it, damn it, man. He somehow like maybe he found me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's so str- it's, it's just like, I love it because it's you never know what's gonna end up happening. You don't. That's the thing. It's like it's gambling or yes. something, you know. And I mean, it really is. Now that I look at it, you know, I mean, like it's this Vegas, packy stuff. Man. What did you get? What didn't you get? Yeah. You know, and 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 part of that. I mean, it's it's a game it's you know relationships but also it's um it's a crapshoot in a way it too is, yeah. you know i mean like there's there's only so much of this stuff how do you how do you prioritize your clients oh gosh and you, I no mean, names right but like what what is the thing that puts them at the top because everybody wants pappy and right I know that this year especially hardly any 23 made it in how yeah, hardly any rye 13. made it in so how do you how do you set that stuff aside and kind of allocate it i mean for us it's it's obviously i mean my boss is is very behind it he's looking at numbers he's looking at you know accounts um on our side on my side on the on my other my other this other salespeople's side it's it's relationship driven i mean obviously it's who's it's who's screaming the loudest it's you know (laughs) i know a couple um, people like that yeah you know and it's um and it's also, you know, what's what's good for us, what's good for their bar. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, sometimes it can be as much as like, you know, who orders it first. Right. Which is totally fair. That's you know, the democratic and way. there was some issues with that this year. Oh, no. Yeah. That certain people order. Are you something. are you the whipping girl for it? Where like if they don't get it, they're gonna <laughs> yell at you. A no, little bit. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so you let's know. look. Yeah. It. I can't imagine it's an easy spot to be in. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it's hard. It is. But so let's let's talk about something that was successful and that kind of worked out. So you've picked a mezcal from the collection downstairs on so my good. large rack, my IKEA rack. This is very reasonably priced for those of you who mm-hmm. like to shop at IKEA. <laughs> so. I now, I really consider William Scanlon a friend, and I hope that we work more together, and I hope to get him on the show. He has introduced Real Minero, and he has introduced Ray Campiero to the United States. He's done an amazing job getting into New York, getting into California, getting into Texas, mm-hmm. and he released lots of stuff. I got the Havali, which is was available in Texas, a wonder, just a wonderful mezcal, and I saw Tepestate in California, got that. Tobla in California, got that. He shared these things with me at random points and right. you can't get into Texas. So, however, I couldn't find the Arakenia. And I kept looking. I looked 
everywhere. My industrious gray marker <laughs> fucking self. I looked and looked, and I could not find it. But William, great, just so eloquently and wonderfully located me a bottle. So awesome. we are sharing the Real Minero Araqueño. And what is the proof on that guy? I can't remember. It's on the bottom 51. left there. 51.8%. percent And it is. It's so good. It's so good. Mezcal is so good. Well, this one is like exceptional. <laughs> the fact that, that he right. tracked this down for me is. He's a good man. I owe him so, him so, so big. So, yes, William, <laughs> I know you might be someday listening. Hopefully you get on the show. But Jessica and I are both raising a glass of this R.L. Kenya that it. you've so wonderfully gave to me thank you thank so much you my sharing. friend likewise but this is you mean you drink this and you're like yeah that's why i like mezcal yeah well it's and and this isn't this is like i said i mean just as much as pappy there's there's counts um half sup king b <laughs> like there's accounts <laughs> fighting for this stuff mm-hmm. just as much i mean actually chris chris bostick never texts me really about pappy he texts mm-hmm. me about mezcals <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know that's where it's his love lies. You see it, like absolutely. So he's always he's he'll he'll of course loves the bourbon and the whiskey. Sure, but you but... know that this is where his heart's at. Oh yeah. I mean, he, apparently he just got back from Kentucky too. So yeah. I still think he's a yeah, but out there and through. He, I mean, but again, it kind of goes back to that, like where where is your heart at, and 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 like it, it's in it's in these bottles. I yeah. mean. I mean, God. this bottle just makes me fall in love all over again. And yeah. I love when, you know, Miss Cal, you're, you know, it's what? It's 283 out of 452 made. 452 bottles. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. What? Yeah. Oh, do I feel privileged? I'm going to tell you right now. I feel very wonderful and lucky to share this moment with you thank and to share you. this bottle with you. So thank you for that. So it seems like twin, you're at twin. You're killing it. People look to you as their dealer. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think lies beyond the wholesale bit with Twin? I mean, because I know that at some point you you get enough experiences and you're like, I'd like to do something else. Have you I mean, about that? I think that everybody's maybe you know goal in life. I don't know is to maybe not everybody's, but maybe in the creative realm of things yeah. is to is to do your own thing. Yeah. You know, and so and it's tough, by the way. Yeah, really and 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 I've and I'm so glad that I did this. I've been doing this almost three years now, and I've seen that how much it sucks yeah. to be in your own <laughs> yeah. business. Yeah. Hey, wait, <laughs> and, who who is accountable for the check? Yeah, again? exactly. Oh, I am. Uh, exactly, yeah. and I see how hard it is. Um, I mean, I don't know. I miss wine. Yeah. You know, I I, I thought I would like. You know, I thought my goal one day was like be a master sommelier, and and I realized that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, the my wine heroes aren't master sommeliers. You know, but um, so, I mean, God, I would just love to have like a wine shop that only sold rosé and yeah. had like a couple of cats in it. And um, did you say you couple know? cats? <laughs> And then, like, maybe just, just like bubbly, cats, you know? bubbly and rose wine shop, with, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, in an antique, like, brick building <laughs> with the cure on 
at all times. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the most amazing bar I've never been to, actually. Some cats, some uh, 17 seconds, yeah. some brick in- interior, yeah. and some rosé. I think that you should talk to Billy Hanky about that. I think he's a really huge maybe that Although happen. I'm not sure he's a big cure for it. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know that. It's true, know. but he has a good jukebox. He does we could figure jukebox. something out. I think that you're on your way to doing it. Can't be that far out. I feel it too. Yeah. Someday. Maybe so. I still have a while. Yeah. Well, how, how old are you now? 34. I'm 35 and I'm running out of time. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the more I analyze life, I'm like, oh, um, I'm not really sure what, what, what do I, do I keep doing this yeah, like this? Cause it's, I know. Well, I was talking to an old friend of mine and she said that I've been talking about how I've been old for the past 14 years. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know, you know, maybe I'll do it when I'm 50 and that's cool too. It is. I'm Cause it's totally all about how down you with feel that. mentally. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Actually that might be better, you know, is to, is to, I, I don't know if I'm ready to slow down just yet, but I don't think so. Like, I don't know if that's slowing down, but it's hard to say. Face. It's only at the day yeah. where it happens where you know that it's the right thing to do. Right. Well, so one last thing that I think is really important to know is so for the second year in a row, Michael Sandel- Sanders, yourself, and I were able to sing <laughs> the uh, unsung hero of Weezer singles. Yes. El Scorcho at the Punchioki. This was number. This is three for me. Three, right? I've been to three as yeah. well. Yeah. And potentially the last of which we'll get to sing El Scorcho. Yes, you know, that's true. Which is true. an amazing song. But so he, this begs the question, it's an underdog of a song and an mm-hmm. underdog of a record when they came to play Stubbs uh, probably f- four years ago now. You mm-hmm. could pick, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, b- the Blue Album Night or the Pinkerton Night? And it was no fucking question to me <laughs> that I would go for the Pinkerton Night because it's the greatest, one of the greatest records yeah. ever made, right? So what is, what's it about El Scorcho? That resonates with you. Oh man, the you lyrics. know how much of a failure that song was, though, right? <laughs> the song was a failure. The record was a, was a failure in '96. Everything, everything. He like he he was really. Um, Rivers Cuomo was like really upset about that. Like he, I, don't blame him. I read, uh, maybe I mean I want to say at least three articles where like he was just pissed ranting about yeah. how no one liked El Scorcho. He went back to school yeah. as a result. That's I what know. people do when they get fired from the deli. <laughs> you know, not when they release a record. Yeah, exactly. He poured himself in. I think that Weezer was forever changed after that rejection. Sure. I don't think it was ever the same. They they were never the same. They started getting this kind of weird comeback um, in, what was that, like the late... Yeah, like 99, like, 2000, like late nineties. The green, the green record. Yeah, right? the green that record. Did that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they started kind of having that, and then like they just kind of. I mean, I'm sorry. It was. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was plastic. Yeah, it was just. It was weird. I almost feel like he's gonna like on his deathbed say that was like all a joke. I almost feel like it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know because. He just the <laughs> he sanded down yeah. the ruggedness and the honesty of what like he was Beverly really Hills, feeling. Like Beverly Hills, that Beverly Hills song, yeah. and then the last one is the last one that came out like, like God loves girls. Or the yeah, girls and it was like controversial. <laughs> it's not controversial, man. And he was on he was on WTF with Mark Maron, and 
his music reflects how he was in that interview and that he didn't go deep into any particular No, area. I think he's over it. Like you said, he was a so changed too. man after El Scorcho. Yeah. And maybe that's why El Scorcho is is so great because it it's like it, it just has this like misery behind it and uh, you like know the, <laughs> the the newness the awkwardness yeah. and you find this one like real quirky thing mm-hmm. like Chanel has her whole career built on it right yeah like, this oh, one yeah. kind of crazy thing and you're like oh my god this girl is so amazing because of this one quirky thing and yeah admitting that on record and yes. going with it and the that's what that. i think el scorcho kind of drew me that song i i I love the lyrics. I love so the lyrics. Basic. The, I asked you to go to the Green Day concert and you said, <laughs> said you never, never heard, heard of them. them. How cool, cool is that? <laughs> so I went into your room and read your diary. Well, uh, yeah. it's a little interesting at that point. You know? Right. There's a couple of lines in there that are just, uh, I don't know. And it's a little bit, I think, like, you know, you, you want this girl and you can't get her, yeah. you know. So well, she's like foreign. Not yeah. literally foreign, but just... <laughs> This foreign object, and you can't quite come to terms with your awkwardness. Mm-hmm. So you latch onto maybe something that you guys can have in common. Yep. It was is amazing singing that song, <laughs> and I feel like at the end of it, where I get to kind of scream a little bit. Nice. <laughs> exactly. As you can Michael tell, like song. that's that's when that comes on, and Michael's always like, "We're doing it," <laughs> yeah. and like I'm like always at the beginning of the party, like, "No, we're not." Okay. We have to. Like, do I'm kind of like, "Okay," like you know, and then like. You know, four punches in, I'm like, done, done, El Scorcho and Man in the Mirror. Yes. Let's do it. I felt like I crashed the party last year (laughs) doing it, but I am certainly going to sing for my birthday this year, for the holiday party next year. If we do karaoke, we just have to keep on keeping the tradition. We have to do it. We have to. Yeah. So for sure. Anyway, it was brilliant chatting with you, Jessica. Thank you. This was awesome. Love sharing the mescal with you, and it's been a great. It's great to hear about your journey, and and I I hope that we all keep hanging out, keep yes. talking, keep talking, keep uh, ideating, as me. they say. So. I was nervous, but it I was know, awesome. I know. Why? Why? You <laughs> I know, don't know. I'm, I'm such a wiener. I don't really get why people would be nervous. But. It was I great. that's if anything, I'm flattered. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Well, there we have it, everybody. Sometimes you just have no idea where your life is going to take you. I think that's what makes it exciting. I think that's what makes it riveting. And these are the stories that I like to share with you listening. And Jessica Tantalo Barnard is an amazing personality. I think she hooks us all up with Twin Liquors here in Austin, Texas. Soon to be Houston, expanding into Dallas, San Antonio. A wonderful, wonderful company, great culture, and the people that are involved with Twin are just fucking incredible. So thanks so much for chatting with me, Jessica, and perhaps this is the Christmas gift I can give to all of you. I hope you're enjoying that time with your family, and I hope I catch you next year. Hopefully going to take a trip to San Antonio here in a few weeks so we get to chat with some wonderful personalities in that city as well and see what's going on with the cocktail culture there but thanks again for listening to show to be with mike g and no matter what sherry you're drinking or which cure album you're crying to please keep dancing